G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie speaks with Bible scholar Don Stewart about matters of the end times. Well, Don, the rapture. Yeah. Sometimes it's scary. Oh, Jesus is coming. So if I'm a Christian, do I have to be afraid of these things? No, it's called our blessed hope in Titus 2.13. We're not afraid of it. We're looking forward to the coming of the Lord. It is a realistic hope, a blessed hope, and it's something to be very excited about, particularly, Greg, when we're seeing all these signs right now. That's right. This is the day when the lost are found. tells us that none of us knows the day or the hour, but it also advises us to be ready. It'll come suddenly, and it could happen when we least expect it. Today, on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie welcomes Bible scholar Don Stewart for a revealing discussion of what the Bible says about God's end times plan. Although we don't know the day or the hour of the rapture, there's so much that we do know, and we'll talk about that today. Let's all welcome Don Stewart right now. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. So, Don, when, um, you know, I just found out talking with Don in the back room that we both came to Christ and we both came to Calvary Chapel, I think, in the same year. Yeah, pretty much. 1970. 1970. But you still have your hair and I don't. What happened? (laughs) It looks good. No, it doesn't. It's not so, you know, here we uh, both came to the Lord in the middle of this uh, full-blown Jesus revolution, this uh, thing that we, I didn't know it was a revival. Did you? No, Because I was brand new to the faith. Me too. I had no idea what was going on. All I knew is, Greg, I needed to be there every night. Yes. Something was happening that you could not explain. Yeah. We would actually wait at the door. We would line up a half hour before the doors of the church opened yeah. to get in because right. the place would be filled right away right. because God was doing something, yeah. something wonderful. What are some of the things you remember of that time, Don, like, you know, maybe in the worship, maybe in the messages, maybe in just the overall atmosphere? What, what kind of do you remember? You know, the thing that got me the most, Greg, was the yeah. excitement that was there, that the yeah. people actually believed what was being taught yes. and their lives were being changed every night. We see yeah. people come to Christ. That's right. And we saw lives, you know, that were hopeless right. now became with hope yeah. and just watching the Lord work and just being part of that and yeah. realizing it was something supernatural and that's, that's something that you know really hit me something's going on yeah. that I've never seen before yeah and only God can do that totally. and we, we pray it will happen again but you know so I know a big deal at that time was the teaching that Christ could come back any moment 
Well, why did we believe that back then? Why, why was that such a big thing, and what impact do you think it had? Well, we believed it because it struck a chord in our hearts, Greg. Things were happening in the world. This yeah. is the 60s. We had all the revolution, sex, yeah. drugs, rock and roll, the yeah. Beatles, that, transcendental meditation. Yeah. It didn't work. We tried no. everything. It right. didn't work. Then someone told a simple message about Jesus yeah. and Christ coming back and that he is alive. I'd never heard that before right. my entire life. That there, I'd never heard anybody say, praise the Lord, my right. entire life. I never went to a church where people believe what was being taught my entire That's life. Right. And I got there and I found this is it. You know, the night I came to Christ, Greg, I came in, I sat in the audience, and about halfway through, I just looked up and said, God, whatever these guys want, I want to have. Wow. And I knew I was going to be doing that. That was March of 1970, doing that the rest of my life. And I have been, what's almost 49 years now. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Don, um, the rapture. Yeah. It was taught a lot back then. And, uh, you know, a lot of it was things we still talk about today, but everything is moved forward dramatically. Of course, you know, May 14th, 1948, and as we've talked about before, Israel, the regathering of the Jewish people is not just a sign of the times, it's a super sign. Super sign. And we were relatively close to it back then. And then there was uh, various wars that Israel had, the... Uh, the War of Independence, the 67 war when Correct. they were attacked, the 73 war, also called the Yom Kippur War, right. uh, with the backing of Russia. And wh yep. why did we care about a war fought on Yom Kippur, the holiest day in the Jewish calendar, uh, that the Egyptians and others came against Israel with the backing of Russia. So what? Uh, because the Bible talks about a war that's going to happen, Ezekiel 38 and 39, that's yeah. with those participants in it. Yes. And so when that happened in 73, that was huge because we had been taught 1967, Jerusalem's united. Yeah. The next big war may be the war that Ezekiel yeah. talked about, and we had a lot of the players in that, so we yeah. were very, very thrilled. It was almost like a dress rehearsal. Yeah. It showed you how quickly things could fall into place. Totally. And, and my understanding of last day's events are sort of like dominoes that are closely stacked together. When the first one falls, they're going to start falling in rapid succession. Exactly. And so we're waiting for the big domino, and, and it seems in the prophetic calendar, the next event that can happen. We talk about emergence of Antichrist or the attack against Israel who's regathered in her land or the rapture. What do you think would be the next event potentially? The next one, the dead in Christ rise first. Then yeah. the rapture of the church that happen right. almost simultaneously yeah, according to right. scripture. But uh, there's other things that could happen. Yeah. They don't have to happen, Greg. Right. Yeah, Christ could come back tonight. That's you know? right. We don't know. So here, now you mentioned how many years it's been. So here we are today there have been so many things that have happened, not only in the decade since, but in this decade. Incredible. And the last even five years. Things that are, so tell us some things that are happening right now for someone that maybe is listening saying, well, I don't know, I've heard this whole thing about Jesus is coming forever, and I think my mom believed it, my grandmother believed it, and her mother believed it. But tell them why this is a more relevant teaching than ever. Well, it's more relevant in a number of ways. Number one, the stage is set so precise, so well, it is literally mind-boggling. For example, in the 38th and 39th chapter of Ezekiel, it talks about a last day's battle. When you read through the chapters, there are 10 specific things that are said the world would be like in the last days. Now, this is 2,500 years ago that's written. So you go and read those chapters. Israel will come back to its ancient homeland. They'll come back to a land that's been made desolate, that that they will make into great wealth, which will cause this invasion to come. There are 10 specific things in those chapters the Bible says will happen before this invasion, 
Every single one of them has already happened right now. In other words, miraculously fulfilled. So you've got that, number one. The player is number two. In 1973, when we were there, Greg, with the Yom Kippur War, Iran was Israel's best friend. But as our pastor Chuck taught us, they're going to become Israel's worst enemy someday. How can that be? You know, they're the best friend of America. Well, you had the Iranian Revolution in 79, the Shah was deposed, and now they're the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the entire world. Yeah, let's shift gears over to the explosion of technology yep. uh, with the emergence of the smartphone. I mean, uh, let's just take one particular prophecy in particular. In the book of Revelation, after Antichrist is revealed, the Bible talks about how the Lord raises up two prophets. Correct. Uh, and we don't know who they are, Moses and Elijah maybe, we don't know. But they, and the prophets are killed by the Antichrist right. and they're laying dead in the street of Jerusalem and the Bible says all the world will see them. Now back in the day, we had satellite technology, right. But now literally all the world could see them because we reach in our pocket and pull out that little smartphone and we can all watch something stream simultaneously. This is a fairly recent development. Yeah, and it assumes that's the case because all the world will not only see them, there'll be a three days when the whole world will rejoice over that's their right. death. Now how in the world could the word get out all over the world in three days, you know, 2,000 years yeah. ago? Or even 100 years ago, That's even true. 50 years ago. Now we see it in real time, right? Yeah. So that assumes a worldwide technology where in real time people can be seen. And how it happens? Well, we know now because of the technology. Right. Interesting, I was reading these Bible commentators 100 years ago. Yeah. It was fascinating. They said, one guy said, I don't know how it's going to happen. I can't imagine, but I don't want to twist God's word. Someday, somehow, this will come to pass. He never saw it. We did. Wow. We live in that age right now. Wow. Okay, so... This is all very exciting, but sometimes it's scary. Oh, yeah, Jesus yeah. is coming, Antichrist is coming. So, I mean, if I'm a Christian, do I have to be afraid of these things? No, it's called our blessed hope in Titus 2.13. We're not afraid of it. We're looking forward to the coming of the Lord. Now, let's face it. The world which we live in, it's getting worse and worse all the time. I think we can all acknowledge that. Yeah. Won't it be great when there's no more sin, no more death, no more tears, no more dying? That's what it's all about. And that's something to look forward to. It's a wonderful time. And so as believers, we have a fabulous hope. Whether we see it in our lifetime or whether we go to meet the Lord, we're going to be there in his presence. It is a realistic hope, a blessed hope, and it's something to be very excited about, particularly, Greg, when we're seeing all these signs right now. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Ministries in the U.S. And today he's joined by Bible scholar Don Stewart. Together, they're talking about the questions that many of us have about the end times. Let's continue. The rapture. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mentioned this last week, you know, critics of the rapture say, well, you can't find the word rapture in the Bible. Actually, but you can. You First can. Thessalonians 4.17, it's there. Yeah. yeah. But it's... Uh, it's in Latin. Yes, it's in Latin, rapturus, yeah, is that how you... Rapere is the verb, and uh, yeah, rapio is the, you know, first singular. And it's harpazo? Harpazo is Greek, harpazo. yeah, harpazo is Greek, rapeo is Latin. He reads Greek, so I always ask him, is that, yeah. am I pronouncing it right? You got it right. So tell us about the rapture, what is it, how long does it take, could it happen at any moment, what will it be like when it happens? Yeah, there are three passages that teach this, John 14, 1 to 3, Jesus alluded to it on the night of his betrayal, he says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I prepare a place, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now, I didn't develop that, it's developed by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 to 58, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, and basically what he says is this, there'll come a time when the dead in Christ will rise first, all right, those who have died in Christ will rise, will receive their glorified body at that time. Right now they're in the presence of the Lord, but in non-bodily 
form. They will rise, and as they rise in, uh, from the dead, we who are alive will be caught up. This is the word harpazo, repari, that's the rapture. We made a noun out of it, the rapture will be caught up. As we're caught up, we're transformed from mortal to immortal, from corruptible to incorruptible. First Corinthians 15 tells that. And so not everyone will sleep in death. There will be people, a generation, that will see the coming of the Lord face to face. So as quick as you can blink or snap your fingers, you're gone, just like the song, I wish we'd all been ready, you know. One, one second you're there, the next second you're not. That is what the Lord promises, and it's going to happen sometime. Yeah, so it's very simple, very straightforward teaching. Why is it important to believe that the rapture could come in our lifetime? Because, you know, it's fallen out of fashion with some, and some don't teach it at all anymore. Why does that matter? Well, it's really important because it gives us something to look forward to, to hope. Because, you know, we can live with a lot of things. But I'll tell you what we can't live without, and that's hope. Yeah, You've right. got to have hope to keep you going. And this is yes. a realistic hope. Like, again, it's called a blessed hope. A blessed hope. And so we need that. But it's true. It's, you know, you know, sometimes, Greg, you read something, you hear, this is too good to be true. No, this is true. Yeah. It is actually true. Someday we will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Those of us who are alive, those who have passed, will go to be with the Lord, uh, with their, where their bodies and spirits will join, and there'll be one great reunion. And what First Thessalonians 4.18 says, comfort one another with these right. words, because someday there'll be that great reunion in heaven where those yeah. that have gone before us, we'll see them again. Well, there's, it's never, the word goodbye is not in the Christian vocabulary for believers in Christ. Let's just see you later, because That's we're right. going to see each other. We're going to see our loved ones someday again, face to face with the Lord. That's very true. Yeah. Thank you so much, Don. Um, how does a person know that they're ready for the rapture? Or, and for that matter, just ready if life were to end, if they were to die how can you know I'm ready to meet God no matter what happens today or yeah, tonight? Yeah, real simple. The Bible gives us the answers to the three basic questions. Who am I? Why am I here? What's going to happen to me after yeah. I die? We can know that we have eternal life. First John chapter 5, verse 12 says, The one that has the Son of God has life. The one that does not have the Son of God does not have life. But then verse 13 of chapter 5 says this, I've written these things that you might know that you have eternal life if you believed on the name of the only begotten Son. So all of us tonight can know by faith we have eternal life if we have believed in Jesus. And you know, Greg, it's a real simple thing to do. I'm, you know, that night for me at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa in March 1970, I just yeah. said, I want it, you know, and that was yes. it. You know, God, it's like the thief on the, on the cross says, yeah. remember me. Yeah. So it's, it's not so much the words, it's just God reads our heart, right? Sorry. We say, that's why when I give the sinner's prayer, I, I, I tell people to repeat these words, Lord, I want to believe in you and trust you the best way that I know how. Yeah, that's right. You know, just the best way I can yeah. do it, and God, God honors that. That's right, that's right. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you for this hope we have, this blessed hope that one day everyone will be there that has put their faith in you. We're so thankful for that. The family of God over generations will all be united. We ask you to speak to us as we open your word now. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you grab your Bibles and turn with me over to the Gospel of Luke, the 12th chapter. You know, many years ago, over legal documents and especially financial documents, they used to write these words, memento mori. And memento mori means think of death. It was not there in a morbid way, but there as a reminder like, hey, you may have a lot of money in the bank, but memento mori. 
Think of death. And I think in the same way we should just remind ourselves, yeah, it's great whatever you have going on in life, but make sure you're living pure before Him. The Bible says, he that has this hope, that is the hope of the Lord's return, purifies himself even as he is pure. So I think a lot of times we, we will study these events, like the rapture and the tribulation period, and talk about Armageddon and the Antichrist, but it won't affect us. And if it doesn't affect you in the way that you've lived, man, you've missed the point. Heard a story about an old man that was walking along and suddenly he heard a voice say to him, pick me up and kiss me and I'll become a beautiful princess. He's looking around, who said that? He thought, I'm imagining things. He walks a little bit further, he hears it again. Pick me up and kiss me, I'll become a beautiful princess. He looks again, he sees a frog. And for the third time, this is a true story, for the third time, the frog says, pick me up and kiss me and I'll become a beautiful princess. And he reached down and he picked up the frog, looked at it for a moment, tucked it in his pocket and kept walking. The frog said, didn't you hear what I said? I said, kiss me and I'll become a beautiful princess. He said, at my age, I'd rather have a talking frog. <laughs> talking about missing the point, right? And so that is how it can be. So we don't want to miss the point. It's interesting to talk about these things like Don and I just did. But how does this affect you? Jesus gives us the answer in Luke 12. This is our Lord telling us how we are to live in light of His imminent return. Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them and put on an apron and serve them as they sit and eat. He may come in the middle of the night or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he'll reward the servants who are ready. Understand this, Jesus is coming. So we need to be ready to go. Are you ready for the Lord's return? A salient question from Pastor Greg Laurie. And that's the point of studying Bible prophecy to help us to be ready for the soon return of the Lord. And there's more to come from Pastor Greg's presentation called Things to Do Before the End of the World with Don Stewart. Now Monday we'll see a biblical picture of those who are ready and those who aren't. Some good counsel coming again on Monday right here on A New Beginning. Now for a copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Things to Do Before the End of the World with Don Stewart. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-50-11. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.